0: Welcome to another episode of the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Dustin Blanton, along with my co-host, Travis Masterson. Travis, what's going on, man?
1: Football, baby! Mock draft day. You cannot beat a good mock draft in the offseason. It's showtime, Dustin.
0: No, no, no. You are 100% correct. No more fun than a mock draft. I do love doing these. We got some mock drafts. We got a little bit of news to talk about going on throughout the league. But, man, what really brings out the magic of a mock draft is getting to talk through your process, getting to have that, that inside view of what's going on in someone's mind when a player drops, when someone that they're not expecting to go is, no, is all of a sudden no longer there. Now, that's when you gotta, that's when you got to change. That's what I'm looking forward to, man. That's exactly
1: right. You can prepare all you want and that's important, but you've got to be able to adapt. You've got to have plans in place for when things aren't going your way. You never know what's going to happen. You got to be ready.
0: Definitely. Because throughout your leagues, you're going to, whether you have one home league that you do every year or you're in 15, 20 leagues a year, it doesn't matter. Everyone's got their own flow. And between you and me now, we're both kind of into the whole mindset that the more the merrier the more mock drafts you do the more prepared you are and a lot of people might not know the significance of mock drafts like you just said the more you do the more prepared you are the more you kind of have an idea of you know in the earlier rounds like oh i don't have to draft a wide receiver right here i can afford to wait a couple rounds because this guy i'm targeting might fall and that that's that's what being prepared is all about it's being able to you know move when, when you know you need to and being able to stay fluid in your, your thought process so you don't panic and then end up at the end of the, the draft that's supposed to be ultimately fun. Now you're kind of dreading the team you've drafted. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what comes of this.
1: It's going to be fun to let people in our head and let them see how we approach the draft and as the draft moves on, the ways that we adjust.
0: For sure. And we're going to get to that here shortly. But to start off, we got a few quick pieces of news. Uh, a familiar face has shown up at camp this morning, Travis. Uh, would you happen to know anything about that? Any particular feelings?
1: Who is Aaron Rodgers?
0: Yeah, the, uh, the evil empire keeps its, keeps its leader for one more year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers returns to Green Bay training camp. And as a Bears fan, I could tell you, I couldn't be happier to see this decrepit old man try to give it one more shot at throwing the old pigskin, am I right?
1: Discount double check. He was never going to leave. He's home. <laughs> I No, I'm just kidding. I was very scared for a while. I'm very happy that he's back in the green and gold. As a Packers fan, as a longtime Rodgers fan, we've got some history together. I'm really excited that he's back.
0: <laughs> Aaron Rodgers... Aaron Rodgers walked in, walked into Brian Gutenkunst's office, and said, "I'm coming back. (laughs) I want, I want all the rest of the years taken off my deal, and I want Randall freaking Cobb because I feel like it." And they're like, "Okay, like, okay, whatever makes you happy, man." So now they're gonna go and try and trade for Randall Cobb, who I also really don't like. There's still. Reminds me of a couple years ago, Matt Nagy being new to, as a coach, first, first game in. Randall Cobb takes one to the house to, to bring him over the hump and beat us. So I, I don't feel good with either of these guys coming back, but I'm glad that their friendship gets to continue blossoming.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty polarizing topic. Those of us that have some history with Packers players or are heavily invested, like myself, in Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and Tunyon. Are very happy to see Rodgers coming back. It is good for the fantasy world when he is on the field. And when he's not there, we had a lot of unknowns. And I saw some wonky trades going on and weird ADPs for guys like Rodgers who finished as a top three quarterback. Some people got some good values waiting for this news. Kind of one of the pluses and minuses of having your draft early or late, you kind of got to hit, and you can hit a gold mine at the right time. If you can get Rogers in what was going in the 10th to 12th round in some leagues, and then he makes the announcement, his ADP will catch up to him. I'm sure of that. So that'll be something to keep an eye on as we get closer to the season. But today's going to be a fun one. I again I'm I'm so excited to learn your thought process because we're in a lot of leagues together and it's fun to compete against you. But it's gonna be really fun to see what goes through your head as you talk through the mindset of I need this guy here. I'm going to wait on this guy here. So let's see some gamesmanship. Let's see a little smack talk and uh, maybe some sniping going on here. In short, it's been a really good day to be a Rodgers fan, and I'm excited about the mock draft.
0: Let's go ahead and hop into this mock draft. We've got queued up here on Sleeper, a 12-team, 10-round mock draft. I am drafting from the 8th spot. Travis, you have... Joined me in the middle of this draft at the sixth slot. I'm very excited to see who falls, what we have to do to adjust. Click and start right now, and right off the board, we of course go, wow, Dalvin Cook, McCaffrey, and Kamara, not shocked there. Travis on the board here after Henry and Barkley follow. So you're staring at Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, if you feel like getting froggy here, going wide receiver with Tyreek Hill. And of course, maybe you're in the mindset that you want to take uh, the tight end strong and go Kelsey here in the first. What are you thinking, Travis? Where where you, Where's your mindset at right now at the sixth pick?
1: The sixth spot, just like your eighth spot, are kind of in the trenches here in the gauntlet. I believe in Ezekiel Elliott and the Dallas offense. I'm not opposed to going Jonathan Taylor or Nick Chubb here. I am going to stick with one of these top running backs. As we saw, Cook, McCaffrey, Kamara, Henry, and Barkley were the first five. I actually have Zeke above Barkley and potentially Henry in my rankings. So I'm going to go ahead and go Zeke here. I think he's the safest of these guys in the highest scoring offense of these guys. And Zeke will be the sixth player off the board.
0: That's an interesting stance. Now you went Zeke at six, Jonathan Taylor, who was someone I was eyeing with number eight falls at number seven. So I'm now left. I I'm always interested to draw uh, to draft at this 8 spot because it's kind of outside that bubble of the established running back ones. It's kind of where you start mingling with the wide receivers, they become an option. It's tougher to draft at the middle of a draft inherently because you're not at either end where you can either help establish trends or you can kind of notice what trends you have to kind of coalesce to. So I am staring at these guys. I don't usually do this, but since this is a mock draft, it's more or less just to kind of, again, test out a process. It's for kind of experimenting. I'm going to go t- uh Travis Kelsey here and see how it goes. Nice. Pick. Um, I, The reason I'm going to make this pick again to see how the board develops. It, you're, I don't know if you'll necessarily feel great about drafting a tight end when all these running backs are, available but coming back around to the you know second round i want to see who falls maybe a maybe a austin eckler falls maybe a antonio gibson falls uh guys i would be okay drafting as my first overall running back let's go ahead and see who we've got so go kelsey see who goes after him chubb tyree kill goes at the 10 followed by jones adams and metcalf start going off So now Eckler and Mixon did go. I'm here staring at Stefan Diggs as as the best player available, according to Sleeper. Now, again, here's where you have to ask some pretty important questions, Travis. Yep. Do you take one of the top-tier wide receivers? I would still consider Stefan Diggs to be a top-tier receiver here. Absolutely. So he's in the top five. So you've got Hill and Adams obviously still off the board. Um, so you got Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs. Me personally, I'm probably going to go with Stephon Diggs over Jefferson. Um, I'm looking at the running backs. I'm. Do you want to wait until your third round to get a running back? This is a, a question that gets brought up all the time, Travis. Do you do you want to start running back, running back? You get a lot of these people who subscribe to the theory that you have to start running back, running back. You know the position things out during the draft. What are your thoughts? Do you simply just lock it in no matter what what players fall? Is it just running back, running back? Or is there some analysis that, analysis that has to be done in looking at what players are available?
1: I think for the most part, you have to lock in one of these top-tier running backs in the first or second round. Uh, this is a rare case. You went Kelsey in the first Had Mixon or Eckler or Aaron Jones fallen to you, I think you would have been fine with any of those three. But I do see a drop off there at running back that is going to want. It's going to make me want to push and hold off on running back and get two of them at the three, four turn. And that group was going to be Montgomery and Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders. I, I I don't know about Josh Jacobs in that group, but Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Chris Carson. I think you're going to hope for two of those guys. You might not get both, but the drop-off of running back after the Eckler-Aaron Jones Mixon group to the Najee Harris-JK Dobbins group I think is large. I could see you going uh, Antonio Gibson here. But Stefan Diggs is just a, a, an elite wide receiver, target-wise, receptions-wise. Sure. Um, on a good offense with, with a strong-arm quarterback, I think you're making the right call here with Diggs.
0: I agree. Um, Diggs is going to be my pick here. Going to look for some value at running back later in the draft. But that's okay. Again, normally I do feel more comfortable with a running back in my first two rounds but you can't pass up when a top-tier wide receiver falls to you at, you know, in the middle of the second round. Right. So I'll go ahead and pick Stefan Diggs, get rid of that weakness in my roster by not having you know, the top-tier receiving options covered. Now I can go ahead and hammer running back later in the draft uh, and still feel good about having some more support in my receiving core. Now right now you're, uh, again, up at the 2-7, your second round pick. Who are you thinking here? Tell us who who's staring you in the face and what decisions you're facing, Travis.
1: If I were to go receiver here, I'm looking at A.J. Brown, Calvin Ridley, and Michael Thomas Hurt, Keenan Allen. I would say one of those receivers is always a, a safe bet, but for the sake of this mock draft, I'm going to go with a guy that in a later episode I will be really getting into the numbers on of Clyde Edwards Elayer. I have him over wow. Gibson, Dobbins, Swift, and Najee. I think he's such a high floor guy. And that uh just strategically speaking, I am a high floor type of drafter. And mm-hmm. the combination of Ezekiel Elliott and Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards is forty points a week, maybe fifty a week which leaves me not a whole lot of career-type games to have to win a bunch of weeks from other guys. I think getting a high-floor guy like Clyde in that offense with the scoring opportunities, they're going to have a lack of competition for touches. I'm just big on him this year. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and go Clyde here in the second and see which of these receivers will fall to me in the third. and. The selection has been made here at the two seven. So it's Ezekiel Elliott and Clyde Edwards for me. Now I can back off of running back here for a while until about the fifth or sixth and just take what receiver comes to me.
0: I like it. I like it. So you're back in the third round. Uh, Had had some running backs come off the board. Obviously we knew that was going to happen. Pat Mahomes going in the second as well. Uh, Swift, Gibson, Harris, Dobbins, and Sanders off the board, along with the following two tight ends. Um, Kittle and Waller going back-to-back. So here's where it kind of starts to implement the – it would be wise to start implementing the strategy of looking at who people are drafting, what their needs are going to be, and seeing how you need to act accordingly. because. With me, especially with my pick, I know that I need running back coming up. You are going to need wide receiver. So right. looking at the board now, so Calvin Ridley is still on the board. Alan Robinson and Terry McLaurin are still on the board. Here's where you know I know as a drafter that you're probably going wide receiver. Right. Um, so who are you thinking of these wide receivers? And how do you factor in what other people have done? into your your draft decision this early and as the draft is kind of going to evolve?
1: That's a good question. I think for me here, what my first look is at the six spot, I'm looking at seven through 12 and I'm only seeing five total running backs in those 10 picks. So what that tells me is there's going to be some reaches for running back. I'm already going to go receiver either way because I have Elliott and Clyde. This is kind of a best case scenario for me with Calvin Ridley falling. And this situations like this will happen in your leagues where people go Mahomes early, maybe Kyler Murray or right. Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, they go in the second or third. It does happen every single year. You think, oh, people will wait. Mm-hmm. They do not. They see the name and they go for it. Same thing with Kittle Absolutely. and Darren Waller. They started Good off the third that- round. So I'm yep. this is this is a dream scenario for me. And it's kind of a a reward for going Zeke and Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first two. I get a top, in my book, a top five receiver in Calvin Ridley to go with those guys. I could not be happier with the top three so far, and I'll let it go on to you at eight now. So I've got Zeke, Clyde Edwards, and Ridley as my first three.
0: All right. So in between our picks, Josh Jacobs went. And so right now, there's some, just so you know, there are some really notable names still at wide receiver in the third round. So you're talking guys like Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Terry McLaurin, Allen Robinson. These are these aren't slouch guys. These are guys that you could still use and help impact your roster. Um I am of the belief that more often than not running backs, breakout running backs are going to help you win your games. Um you need that stability. You need that. The guys that are going to be, you know, almost guaranteed touches, um, which is why here in the third round, I feel like I kind of have to reach for not necessarily a reach because, you know, I feel like David Montgomery in the third round is decent value. I would have rather got him in the fourth. Um, um, looking here you have to it get it hard though. for me you kind
1: of force your hand with go- when you go kelsey early right or waller early you're forcing yourself to have to reach maybe a half a round on one of these running backs
0: that is kind of where i'm at otherwise if i if i pass on because carson and montgomery are kind of the end of the tier for me after that right. you've got guys like darrell henderson you've got travis etn and kareem hunt uh guys i'm not really excited about yeah big drop so off. i'm gonna go with david montgomery here a guy who factors to be the main rushing threat and we'll get some receiving work in that offense they've talked about getting him 20 carries 20 touches a game which is what you want to see and puts him right in that position of being a running back one so i'm gonna take him here and see what falls to me in the fourth round um, looking here, obviously, people are going to be going wide receiver. It looks like at least one or two teams going to be drafting another running back, so I cannot afford not to draft a running back here. David Montgomery is the pick, followed by um, some wide receivers. Wow, he went. Oh, wow. Team 12 oh, is going full zero RB. <laughs> He's got three wide receivers, great wide receivers, and Josh Allen. Um, that's
1: a sexy first four if you're not worried about running back at this point and you land Devonte adams dk metcalf Allen robinson and josh allen that is a lot of points right there through the first four rounds
0: that is not necessarily you know obviously gonna have to hammer running back later in the draft but he he set the tone kind of he saw wide receivers are going off the board and knew uh, maybe Allen robinson was a tear break but regardless here i am at the 4 5 pick, the 4.5. mark Cooper just went off the board. Chris Carson, the other running back I was thinking about, was off the board. Kyler Murray is gone. Now I'm staring at a decision here, Travis. Do I take a running back here where it's, again, this fourth, fifth round? Guys have started to rise up in the fourth round as talks have gone on. I'm staring at, you know, Durrell Henderson. I'm staring at Travis Etienne, like we talked about. Do I want them as my running back too? You have to look further down your board and say, do I like them more as my, wider, or as my running back to, do I like them more than a Miles Gaskin, uh, than a Mike Davis? Um, we've talked in other episodes about how Mike Davis, I don't feel is that far off from David Montgomery. I feel like if I got him as my second running back, I would be okay. Um, I feel like right now, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pick up probably looking at these guys. I don't, I don't necessarily know that I want to not have another wide receiver on, on my, on my team. What would you do here, Travis? I
1: think that's the right move. I would go with one of these big three receivers here. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Cooper cup.
0: I feel I,
1: you can roll the dice on uh Henderson here. I think that could work out. We don't know if they're going to bring somebody else in. We don't know if Henderson... I mean, we've seen in the past. Henderson, when he's been the guy, has been very productive. He has been a top 12, top 15 guy. Every week that he's owned the backfield, he's been a big-time player. It's just tough to do four weeks out to say, I'm going to build my RB2 spot on... a a perennial backup running back or a timeshare running back we don't know what they're going to do yet i think as we get closer to preseason and the start of the regular season we'll know more about uh about daryl henderson but at this point i think you're better off going with a high-end wide receiver too like a mike evans godwin or cup yeah that's what i would do in your position and then like you said with mike davis Kareem Hunt, Miles Gaskin. If you can land two of that tier running back here at the next turn at the five six, I think you'll be better off and you won't be really hurting at wide receiver.
0: Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with one of these wide receivers. I think right now out of these three between Mike Evans, Godwin and Cup, DJ Moore's also kind of sitting there as well. I think I'm gonna go Godwin. I like Godwin. You know, he I think he slept on a little bit falling to the fourth round. Um, obviously if you want to call it ambiguous wide receiver, it's like a high, high end ambiguous wide receiver room. Um, just because all three of these guys that are, there are probably going to produce really good numbers from week to week. Chris Godwin, obviously being injured last year. Um, people forget that he is a super talented wide receiver and letting him fall to the fourth round is something I am fortunate with. So I'm going to select Chris Godwin in the fourth round and see who else comes off the board. Lamar Jackson goes off with the next pick and Travis, you're up. What you thinking, man? I think
1: Godwin was the right pick there. I have him above Mike Evans um, and Cooper Cup, DJ Moore. I think Godwin has, his ceiling is so much higher than those guys with the same floor as a Mike Evans, Cooper Cup, DJ Moore. So I think that was a great pick there. You got Diggs and Godwin, which is a great one too. Kelsey is obviously a huge difference maker. That's almost a third top receiver. So I think you're in a good spot here. Lamar Jackson followed Godwin. I would have thought about Lamar Jackson here in the fourth because he's mm-hmm. that much of a difference maker. And I'm already solid at running back, and there will be good receivers here coming back at the five six. So I'm a little bit disappointed, but it makes my decision a little bit easier to not have to to really think about mm-hmm. quarterback in the fourth. I'm going to go with a high floor receiver here again. I think between Zeke, Clyde, and Calvin Ridley, all three are not only high ceiling, but high floor. And again, that is what I like to build on. Anytime I can, I'm going to take a guy that is going to meet my expectation. If he exceeds it, great, but I don't necessarily need it. Um, I will go with Cooper Cup here in the fourth round. I think he's going to be a top 15 to 20 receiver. To go with Calvin Ridley, both guys are consistent. So, Cooper Cup, it is for me. Uh, that will be followed by Mike Evans, Etn, Kareem Hunt, Henderson, Pitts. The fifth kicks off with Jamar Chase, D.J. Moore, C.D. Lamb, Andrews, and Woods right before me. I actually might have thought about stacking those Rams receivers had Woods fallen one more spot. I'm big on that offense. I would not have minded grabbing both of them.
0: Yeah, that's a that that would have been a really interesting stack because one, I feel like Robert Woods is the perennial slept-on wide receiver it took some convincing from you to really get me to look into him a little bit more and see that he has been nothing but a rock solid wide receiver with wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside each and every week. He's not, he's not a Stefan Diggs. He's not even a Mike Evans or an Amari Cooper where he's got this big name appeal. He's he doesn't have all the accolades that the the media gives him, you know, all he is is a well-rounded receiver that does literally everything on the field. He can take it behind the line of scrimmage. He runs crisp routes, and they use him in the red zone. All three of those things are things you want in fantasy football. Guys who the team is constantly looking for ways to manufacture touches for him, and that's exactly what Robert Woods does. Unfortunately, he didn't fall to you so you can get the stack. So who are you looking at here with your fifth pick? Um, got, some, got some interesting names here falling.
1: So my first four have really given me the freedom to do whatever I want here with two high level running backs, two high receivers as thin as running back starts to get, I think I'm better off going a another top 24 running back and seeing what comes back as far as quarterback and receiver a little a little bit later on. I'm not big on the running backs on the way back. Um Kenyon Drake Connor, David Johnson, Michael Carter. Those are the guys that will be there on the five, six rounds. So I'm going to go with. Miles Gaskin here, I believe. Yeah, that's an interesting oh, Adam Thielen just caught uh, my eye. Thought, though.
0: you, got, you got to go through a, a decision you have to go through because you have to you have to really ask yourself, do you believe that the touchdown touchdown total he had last year was flukey? Um. is is he going to regress to the mean there and and you know decrease a lot of them was a lot of red zone efficiency stuff but at the same time Thielen has always been an efficient player um do you is there any is there any merit to the justin jefferson taking over there and uh continuing to siphon off opportunities from Thielen? you think
1: i don't think so i think jefferson's breakout has done nothing but but help establish Thielen as a safe option because he will kind of like when digs was there, he will continue to get the number two cornerback the number two amount of attention on the team. I think he's safe for a wide receiver too. And I've already got two of those top 24. So that would be a nice luxury to have. Let me just scroll down this, here just a, a little feeling. bit and see if there's somebody that I don't think will be there on the way back. Um, yeah, there's there's a couple guys that I that I believe will be there on the way back, at receiver. So I'm gonna go ahead and go Gaskin here. I think he will own that backfield for the most part. I think he's safe for 15 to 20 touches a game, which is hard to find in the fifth, sure. especially beyond the fifth round, as it comes back to me. So Miles Gaskin, it is to go with Zeke and Clyde in my running back room.
0: All right, so you went Gaskin there. Thielen followed. Now, here's where the decision is kind of looking me in the face. So I'm looking here. I'm looking at ADPs. I'm looking at roster construction ahead of me. I know there's a team at Team 12 that doesn't have a running back, and they're going to be looking to hammer some running backs. I've got one on my roster. I have David Montgomery. And who does David Montgomery remind me of? Of None other than Mike Davis. I, here's where you kind of have to, to ask yourself how serious you are about drafting a guy um because at the ADP that they're showing on Sleeper he, it looks like you know ADP of 71 so you think okay divide that by 12 that's like the 6th round well we're heading into the 6th round so you're looking at a team that could draft him at, at team 12 this is where you have to really keep an eye out on other teams because just because you know they could draft him there's also a team at team 11 that has one running back so at least two teams that are looking to, to maybe bolster the running back room. I'm not as confident that Mike Davis would be there. So I feel like I have to take him here over a guy like James Robinson over a Melvin Gordon. So I don't see anyone looking to take touches away from Mike Davis in the way that Javante Williams and Travis Etienne would take touches away from those two guys. So my pick right here is going to be Mike Davis. I think that's a great pick. And I think we, you
1: just harped on it right here at the end I think of the running backs left, you have Mike Davis, James Robinson, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Oster, the list goes on and on. None of those guys outside of Mike Davis are the sole ball carrier in their backfield. Every single one of them is in a two or three running back by committee split outside of Mike Davis. I think what you just did is guarantee volume and the fifth round for your RB two. that was a great move there
0: so I made the pick of Mike Davis a couple quarterbacks went off the board and Herbert and Wilson I do love Herbert did not expect him to go in the fifth round but there he goes um again team 12 going the zero RB strategy Lockett and Devonta Smith off the board Kenny G is gone now James (laughs) Robinson high receiver Steve (laughs) I see now this is an important thing to bring up because yeah, some people are very into zero running back theory. Um, you don't necessarily, in my opinion, I, I haven't necessarily executed zero running back um, to a T. Really, I don't really execute it ever, uh, quite frankly. But in this, in this scenario, you're only starting two to three receivers, You know, three with flex. Um, you've, got, you've now drafted one player that isn't going to start for you, guaranteed you know whether you're you just love receivers you're you're going zero running back or value at some point you're going to have to draft a uh, running back and I I don't know about you Travis but I do not draft with the thought to try to trade the player it's just not I don't feel like that's a good Never. strategy at all you're you're almost guaranteeing you're taking the power of the decision out of your hands essentially so
1: yeah and what it does is like you said, you're taking the power out because the team, like, for example, Team 12 has five receivers. They're all awesome. And one quarterback, right. zero running back. What they have the freedom to do is adjust as the draft goes on and make the best of their situation at running back. And for you to say, I'll draft in a way that will, will force them to trade is unwise because there's, a, there's 10 other guys outside of you. That may have more to right. offer, so you don't want to take somebody here that you're not going to start. That you may think I'll take a running back here just to make him trade me one of those receivers because he may not. He may be hard headed enough to start a Naim Hines and Philip lindsey and go the zero running back. You just never know. So yeah, like you said, I think drafting to trade is a very risky business. It's not one that no. we would ever advise.
0: And now looking at the sixth round back into the mock draft rabbit hole we go i have a relatively balanced team uh as we'll find out i'm sure through future episodes that's typically how i like my roster to be constructed i like balance i don't like to have glaring holes i like to know that each position um has has a a floor there so it it kind of it kind of leaves you in a position where you're, you're here at the sixth round and you've got some freedom because I don't need to go running back. I don't need to go wide receiver. Um, because I took Travis Kelsey, I'm essentially set at wide receiver because Kelsey, whereas he's listed as a tight end, there's no, there's no bones about the fact that he produces like a top-end wide receiver. So I think that's something we can agree with. So now the question is, do I go with a high-end quarterback? Do I look for a flex play here and pick up one of these wide receivers? I'm not crazy about the guy's left. I feel like looking at the guy's left, so if I take Dak right now, he's staring at me at the at the 6-5 six, 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 pick. I could take him on a high-powered offense. Everyone remembers those first four games before he was injured, lighting the league on fire. He was going to be an MVP. It's, it's tough not to pick him right here. Because looking at the running backs, you're, you got a lot of guys that could get more. You've got both the Denver running backs left Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. Raheem Mostert is a guy that we've talked about in our, in our episode a couple of episodes ago. He's a guy that I feel like, you know, boom bust potential is an interesting flex play. But with the opportunity to really shore up all of my, my starting spots other than flex, I feel like I can't pass up Dak here. Because the other quarterback I'd be looking at would most likely be Tom Brady, just to give me that that stack with Chris Godwin, probably. And the guys in between here and the guys after Tom Brady, to me, there's not that big of a gap. So I feel like right here I am going to go Dak Prescott. And then I'll hope for maybe another wide receiver or a running back to fall because I feel like in the seventh round, the guys that I can get there, maybe Ronald Jones continues to fall. You know, maybe uh, a running back, you know, like a Trey Sermon or a a Michael Carter is there, you know, in the seventh and eighth round where I can scoop up some upside with with a, a, you know, a chance to start a running back or maybe a Zach Moss later, because at this point I'm looking for my third running back. It's not someone I have to feel like I have to reach for, but a top end quarterback, I know within the next couple of rounds, they're probably going to get pretty thin. So it's a guy I'm looking to grab right here. So I think Dak Prescott, as I work through that in my head and speaking it out loud, is going to be my pick.
1: I like it, and I honestly would have considered, I actually was hoping that you would not take Dak so that I would get the thought process of, do I want to take Dak here? We already spoke about Dallas being a top offense, at least expected to be. I have Zeke. That would have been a nice Um, assurance to get every yard of that Dallas offense I would have been really excited about that not today however I am I'm actually fine with you taking Dak there I think that that fits for your team Um, Odell followed Dak so I'm after Dak goes off the board I am inclined to either reach down for Aaron Rodgers here with the news of him coming back knowing that here at the end of the sixth round, beginning of the seventh, there will be a quarterback run because teams are balanced enough to make one of these two picks for their team be a quarterback. I've got a few guys that I'm good with at quarterback in the seventh round. So what I'm going to do is probably go receiver here to give me three of each receiver and running back. And just looking back, hindsight, of the Gaskin pick in the last round you followed Gaskin with Mike Davis the only other running back to come off the board was James Robinson Mm -hmm. which that's not a huge run obviously but what we're looking at at running back had I not gone Gaskin had I gone Thielen my choices would be Javante Williams Melvin Gordon Leonard Fournette Edmonds Mostert Ronald Jones I love Ronald Jones in that group I think he might even be there in the 7th, just based on Sleeper's ADP. But I think Gaskin is so clearly ahead of that group in a a different tier that it makes me, me, as we start to do more mocks, as we start to do real drafts, it makes me more confident in taking a guy like Gaskin, like Kareem Hunt or Chris Carson, those guys in the 4th and 5th, get one of those guys. Because the drop-off is real. The other guys will be there in the 7th. You can get that receiver or quarterback, whatever you want to do in the 6th. I'm going to actually scroll down a little bit and take one of my favorite guys so far who has been falling in Robbie Anderson from the Carolina Panthers. Great pick. I think Robbie Anderson, as my wide receiver, 3. He's not necessarily a high-floor guy like Cup and Ridley are. But he is a high-ceiling guy, and I think he will be a top 24 receiver. So to go with Ridley and Cup, in that receiver room, Robbie Anderson makes a great third receiver. I'm very happy with this so far, and I'll let you take it from here talk through the end of the 6th, beginning of the 7th.
0: So you brought up Robbie Anderson, and this brought up an interesting um, thought process question and something that I want our listeners to remember to do. So you just said you scrolled down. Now, this is an important thing. It seems kind of triv- trivial. You know, you, you, you scroll down and you just kind of look through the guys. You know, kind of some arbitrary task you're doing while the other people are picking. Maybe you've got some time on the clock. And you're just kind of looking through some players. It is so important on the, the platforms, I'm pretty sure all of them allow you to do this, is to flag the players. Okay, add them to your queue. This is a list of players that way. You don't end up with this this buyer's remorse where you feel like, okay, I guess I'll pick this guy. And you completely forget, you know, if I were to pick Odell because I'm like, okay, well, I, I think this is the only guy I feel like I could pick. And then you forget, you totally forget that Robbie Anderson was a value you had considered earlier. Or that you're like, okay, I have to remember to pick, you know, Brandon Ayuk here or Chase Claypool. These are all guys who have just went in the draft. And you're like, oh, my goodness, I, I wish I would have thought... To put them in my queue that way you're reminded of, oh, these are the guys that I want to be sure to look at. Don't forget to use the tools given to you because that is how you end up at the end of the draft thinking, man, I wish, I wish, I wish. We don't want that for our listeners. And ultimately, we want you to have the most fun in your leagues. So don't be the guy ending up with a a bag of misfit toys because you forgot to press a button.
1: Yeah, and I think ADP can be a misleading tool because people sure. draft based on who their home team is, their favorite guys, a Browns fan's going to take their Browns a little early, the Giants fan's going to take Saquon or whoever a little bit earlier. That's a real thing that affects drafts. History in the past with certain players if they've won a ring with them before or they maybe they've got some unfinished business. I think there's so many things that people take into account that you cannot account for when it comes to ADP. So, like Dustin was saying, scroll down put your guys that you want to make sure that land on your team into your queue. And at some point it's okay to not worry about the round and worry more about, does this guy fit for my team right now, regardless of ADP? I think that's really important. And it leads to a lot more fun on Sunday to root for the guys that you have queued up for months in the offseason saying, I want to root for them on Sunday.
0: Absolutely. So now to get back to the draft though, to fill you guys in on who went. So Travis went with Robbie Anderson with his last pick in the 6-7 spot, followed by DJ Chark, you, Brandon Ayuk, Cortland Sutton, Juju, and then Melvin Gordon to round up the sixth round. And then you've got T. Higgins, Aaron Rodgers, your boy, left at the 7-2 pick, Chase Claypool, and then Joey Burrow at the 7-4. Javante Williams, the rookie, at the seven five, and now we're back with Travis on the clock at the seven six. What are you thinking here? You're still without a quarterback. You don't have a tight end. What are you thinking? So I have a couple of tight end targets that are
1: going to be further down the board. They're not going to get taken uh, before it gets back to me, potentially even two more rounds. So I'm confident in waiting on tight end. The first thing that I did here was I look at 7 through 12 again. And I see that every single team in that group before it gets back to me already has a quarterback one. So the chances of them taking another quarterback are very small. Um, I see no team has more than two running backs, which leads me to believe there's going to be a heavy running back run here over the next 10 picks. It's going to probably take out That group of four or five guys that I'm good with taking as my RB4, my flex option. Maybe Gaskin doesn't work out. Maybe Zeke or Clyde gets hurt. I want to have a fourth running back that is going to be a higher volume guy, a higher floor guy. And as I look at the board, the one that I want here is Ronald Jones from Tampa Bay. As my RB4, I think that's a great value. And I'm going to go ahead and click add here. He is drafted. Welcome to the locker room, Ronald. And Dustin, you can take it here. Noah Fant follows me, and you're on the board here at the 7-8, and you got the next two.
0: So I mentioned a couple rounds ago that with your, with your flex pick, when you're, you're kind of looking for guys that, that could fill that, depending on your league. So this is a, a mock draft with two wide receiver, two running back, and a flex. Um, I'm all set right now at wide receiver. I have two wide receivers, I have two running backs. I have Travis Kelsey, which as you get later in these drafts, you kind of realize that value. Um, you're not having to spend one of these guys you know one of these these picks that you would otherwise start picking a guy with upside or a guy that you know is a value. you've already got a tight end so you don't have to use another spot for a tight end. I'm looking at guys now. I've mentioned Raheem mostert. he's an interesting guy, especially here in the seventh round um. You know, I know this is a guy that Travis really likes. Yeah, um, baby. Pull the this trigger. Is guy, this is a guy. I'm, I'm looking at the running backs around him. I know wide receiver is typically a deeper position that I could probably scoop up a couple more as the rounds go on. I'm looking at Leonard Fournette. This is a guy that I've already talked about who I don't, I don't necessarily love. Ronald Jones went off the board. I've talked about in our previous episode. I would take whoever goes second from them. But with my wider, my running back three, my flex, I'm going to go with the guy with the most upside. Who can win me a week when I plug him in? So the two guys that I look for at this spot are Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds. I like I like Mostert a little more because this is a guy that's gonna, you know, he doesn't need that many touches to produce RB1 numbers. You know, this is a guy who has kind of made his calling card on these big boom plays and on a team with, you know, not necessarily having those superstar running backs, I kind of went floor. I need an upside play. So I'm gonna go through he Mostert. This is a guy who should get anywhere from 10 to 15 touches a game. That's all he needs, especially in that system. Get a block, get upfield, break some tackles and bust run. Raheem Mostert, welcome to my team. That is the pick.
1: Over the last two years, just a quick note on Mostert. Part of the reason why I'm so high on him is people think he's going to be in such a split. He's been in a split. This is not new. Yeah. Whether it's Coleman, whether it's Hasty, whether it's Jeff Wilson, that is not new for Mostert. He has still gotten, over the last two years, 15 touches a game every time he's active, when he's healthy, he's healthy. Every time he touches the ball, he can take it to the house. Those guys are hard to come by that make other people look like they're in a different gear. Raheem Mostert is one of those guys that just looks like he's in fast forward when he gets in open space. And I love him. The eye test is everything with me for Mostert. I'm going to stand by him. He's going to be one of those hills that I might die on. But a guy that is not new to competition, not new to splitting the backfield, he's fine with whatever Shanahan wants to give him. Every time he touches the rock, everybody's on
0: high notice. Absolutely. Good point to bring up. Um, Mostert's definitely got some interesting stigmas against him, whether it's you know health or opportunity. Two things he's battled. One of them he's definitely overcome. I'm back on the clock in the eighth round now at the 8.5. Guys like Judy, Samuel, and Waddle are gone. Team 12 decided to break its fast of the running backs and go with Chase Edmonds and Fournette. Um, Guys like Michael Carter and Kenyon Drake coming off the board in the eighth round. It's an interesting pick, and Michael Carter is someone I possibly would have considered had a guy like Mostert not been there. Um, Someone who could conceivably have that starting spot uh, at some point this season. But, again, I'm looking at my queue. Guys I've queued up, guys I'm looking at available. Um, I don't need another running back. I don't necessarily think I want to go with another running back after taking um, my running back three here when there's guys on the board like Laviska Chenault and someone that I was hoping was there. Um, his ADP is kind of driven down the board because Sleeper has their ADPs all over the place. Someone I'm very excited to draft here is Mike Williams in the eighth round. He'll be my third receiver, but someone I can also plug in as that upside flex play that you look for. And on days where Mostert has a rough matchup or someone who I need even more upside, maybe you know, they're playing the Raiders or something like that, and I feel like Mike Williams has some touchdown potential. Mike Williams is someone I plug into my flex, so I'm going to take him right here.
1: I love that pick. Uh, I think industry-wide, everybody's getting high on Mike Williams right now, and for good reason. The coaching staff has been talking about it. The beat writers have been talking about it. Mike Williams himself has said, expect a lot more targets to me this year. They're going to utilize me in a whole different way. He's a big body guy. I think what they're going to try to do with Mike Williams that people are not talking about, and that goes to kind of him saying they're moving me around, is they do not have the Antonio Gates, Hunter Henry role. Jared Cook comes in. They've still got Parham. I'm not big on either at this stage. I think Mike Williams becomes that number one red zone threat size-wise. Sure, Keenan will still get his. But teams are not always looking to find the outside guy. Yes, Keenan will move in motion, but a huge target like that, Mike Williams in the red zone, I think you're going to get probably double-digit touchdowns, barring health. And that's really hard to find. Ten touchdowns in the eighth round is, is a great find.
0: Absolutely. So you're, you're back on the clock at the eighth round. Trey Sermon just went in between our picks. Who are you looking at? Because your, your roster construction right now still void of a tight end or quarterback. You went and bolstered your, your running back room. We talked about, you know, I don't like to draft a a running back for, you know, when there's other ways to support my roster. I like balance again. I, I brought that up. You brought up, you know, you, have Ronald Jones, but again, you've still got Elliott and C.H. There. What are you thinking here? You've got it's a 10-pick draft. You've got three picks left. Walk us through what you're thinking here, because you've got to go quarterback soon.
1: I think it's time to pull the trigger on quarterback. I really like Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts, Matthew Stafford. Those are the three here. I'm, and Tannehill too. I'm really happy with any of those four. Tannehill's probably the least exciting. I know his numbers have been good. Whoa, what, did you, what did you just say? <laughs> did- if we're just speaking facts, Tannehill's numbers have been good. I just can't get behind it. It does not excite me. And going back to Sunday at twelve, the butterflies you get because of what's about to go on, Tannehill diminishes those for me. I cannot draft throwing, him. I don't do you know, know why.
0: throwing the ball to. I
1: understand. I believe the answer is for whatever, whatever the heck reason, he wants. like. It's just not something that gets me going.
0: I, I just can't. Uh, I don't know. So, I'm not gonna. I'm not i am not going to i am not going to sit here I, and say you're you're at a deficit because you're not willing to take ta- you know, Tannehill over Brady or Stafford or Hurts, but but to sit here and say how did you just not get a little tickled inside by Ryan Tannehill? He is a guy. I feel like if you if you just void quarterback for for rounds and rounds in the tenth round or ninth round, you decide I want to take Tannehill. You have automatically drafted a guy that could, that could easily finish as a quarterback one, most likely will, and finish, you know, quarterback eight. I think
1: you're right. I I think okay. So let's put that to the test here. I'm willing to do that. If Tannehill is in that category for you, and he is for me too, I think he's in the Brady, Hurts, Stafford category. He's right there in that tier. Sure. Even if he's at the back end of it, everybody has a quarterback at this point other than one team. So of those four, I will get one on the way back. Let's go ahead here and look at, I have only no three receivers in. so far. I'm still not big on, I'll get tied in with the last pick. We're only doing 10 rounds. I've got a couple guys that will Tundin? be there in the You're tent. looking
0: at Higby. I'm not.
1: Yes, that's the tier I'm looking at in the 10th round. And I'm, I'm good with, with either of those guys. Okay. Um, what I'm not afraid to do here is take a fifth running back.
0: Wow.
1: It seems weird. I know. Okay. But if there's one thing that every year I say, I, if I don't have enough of running back depth, I wish I did. Right. And every time I do, it is such a valuable asset to have potentially four top 25 running backs. I think is a, an incredible advantage. And the receivers that I have with Ridley, Cup, and Anderson. It's going to be hard for me to get a receiver at this point that would ever start over those three. And there's a running back here in this, in this pool that I think has the chance to start at my flex. Or at least give me the freedom to move Gaskin, Ronald Jones, or this guy. After a blow-up week and land a a top twenty-four twenty receiver in return, sure. it- as opposed to dra- to passing on this guy and taking a a thirty-five to forty receiver, I'm gonna go ahead look down and draft Damian Harris from New England. I can't believe he's still here in the eighth. I think that's crazy.
0: That is some value. Definitely slept on.
1: I actually have Harris in the Ronald Jones Mostert category. So to get him in the eighth, I think, is pretty much stealing. So I'll let you run through the next couple picks while I analyze what I'm going to do here with my next one.
0: Sure. So we're sitting here in the ninth round. Right after you went Harris, James Conner left. Brandon Cooks, Trevor Lawrence, and Brady both off the board. Another wide receiver I'm high on with LaVisca Chenault. Deep threat, uh, Will Fuller falling to the ninth round. He's someone. He was the wide receiver nine last year with Deshaun Watson as his quarterback. I don't necessarily know that he falls off all that much. Granted, there are some other wide receivers in that room, but with someone who's established, he gets deep. He gets those high value targets. That's something I'm going to continue preaching when we're talking about who you're looking at later in these drafts. Who's getting the high-value targets, and what that means is targets downfield. Who's having the opportunity to catch the ball and get the most points when they catch it? You know, when you've got guys, granted, I love LaVisca Chenault, but he's going to catch the ball much like a, uh, the wide receiver that goes right after Will Fuller in this draft and Jarvis Landry. They both catch it relatively close to the line of scrimmage or closer to the line of scrimmage than Will Fuller will on average which means a lot more has to happen. More obstacles are in place for these wide receivers to break a long catch. They're going to catch it close to the line of scrimmage. They're going to have to break some tackles. Blocks are going to have to be established, and they're going to have to move. So you taking uh, Damian Harris here um, sets you up to, like you said, take a quarterback here because Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts off the board. Um, You've already got, like you said, an established wide receiver room. You've got your fifth running back now. What are you thinking now? This has been an interesting draft. As it gets laid, you're, you've got a guy staring you in the face at Matt Stafford. I know you love. Who are you thinking here?
1: It's time. It is time to go quarterback for me. There are few guys in the NFL that excite me like Matthew Stafford does this year. I will say it again. I might say it once. Every show. He, for me, is a guy that will finish in the top five in the MVP race in the NFL. I think what comes with that is what we've seen from Stafford in the past 4,500 to 5,000 yards. With the extra game, he could eclipse over 5,000 yards. We're looking at 30 to 35, 36 touchdowns. I've already got Cooper Cup, who should get about 10 of those. I think that's a really fun stack to have here. And I'm even going to go. What I think, I think Higby will fall in the 10th. And so if I go Stafford here and I can get Higby or Tunyon in the 11th, that will be a fun Rams double or triple stack for me. I'm going to go ahead with Stafford and I might buy his jersey before the show is over. Wow. So let's go, Matt. Okay.
0: Here. Oh, and I got sniped Zach Moss off the board. Ouch. Right after Matt Stafford goes, that is the last running back I was considering in this draft. My three right now sitting at Mostert, Davis, and Montgomery. The other guys sitting here on the board don't really excite me. You've got guys like Singletary, Dillon, guys that would be my my running back four, guys that I'm not necessarily excited about because there's not a lot of potential for them to start. I'd have to go all the way down to Tevin Coleman to get any sort of upside to start and I just I just can't pull the trigger on those guys. So now I'm left looking at wide receiver. Again, you gotta go upside then. You're this late in the draft. Ninth round. A guy I'm looking at, you know, I'm a Bears fan, but without that being the case, someone I'm looking at as far as upside, I'm looking at Darnell Mooney. I'm also looking at Curtis Samuel it's hard for me not to go Curtis Samuel here. I love...
1: What about Antonio Brown here in the ninth
0: round? See, now this is where this is where it gets kind of interesting because I... Ha- when you're comparing Antonio Brown to Mooney,
1: Pittman, and Curtis Samuel, is the range of outcomes for Antonio Brown not so much more significant than those three as far as the potential to... Be an every week starter,
0: you know. I don't. I don't handcuff wide receivers at all, but Antonio Brown sitting here with his, with his opportunity in that offense, having an entire season, an entire offseason with another team, getting that chemistry again with with Tom Brady. I, I'm actually intrigued here. I think I might go Antonio Brown because you know if something happens to, to Chris Godwin. Or if something happens, happens to Mike to Evans, team? too, I now have two wide receivers. But just,
1: but just strictly speaking, your team, if something sure. happens to Chris Godwin, you replace him with Antonio Chris Godwin.
0: Godwin. Yeah, exactly. Uh, an upgraded It's the same version. production. You know what? I think I will end up going with him. I'm, with different circumstances, I don't necessarily know I would have gone with Antonio Brown. But here... It makes sense, uh, with my roster construction, whereas I don't like any of the other running backs over him. I think Antonio Brown is my pick here. And seeing You've the- got
1: a chance to get Mooney here on the way back as well.
0: I do. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to look at, at who's available. You know, Corey Davis just went off the board, Bateman. I'm not really looking at a guy like Marquise Brown, your tight end Tunyon went off the board. Um, but you still got Higby left, it, unless you know yeah. this team seven between us snipes you, which I don't think they will. They've got Fanta tight end, which again I'm going to continue to stress. Looking at roster construction of the teams around you, yep. I think here I am going to go with Darnell Mooney in the tenth round. Looking at these, what others. a
1: feel good finish for you! as It a is Bears a feel good
0: finish. You know enough isn't said about getting the guys you feel good drafting. Um, granted, it's I'm not. It's what we're here for. I'm not. It's what saying, we're here for. I'm not saying Darnell Mooney in the fifth round. Um, but this would be an appropriate time to get Mooney. Is is it necessarily a value getting him at his ADP? No. Um, could I draft Curtis Samuel here? Absolutely. Um, do I like Curtis Samuel more than Darnell Mooney? Not necessarily. I feel like his his road to targets aren't necessarily. Um isn't necessarily as, you know, let me, let me rephrase this cause I can't, I can't get it out. Darnell Mooney and Curtis Samuel have about the same range of outcomes. Um, Curtis Samuel isn't going to be the one on his team. Darnell Mooney, not going to be the one on his team either, but they're both going to be solid number two options with quarterbacks that I'm excited to see play. So I, before think- you pick, before sure. you
1: pick, let me ask you one devil's advocate question here. Okay. Looking at your team, you've got four receivers. Yep. Kelsey, being a receiver himself, right? three running backs on the roster. right? If there was a running back to give you an RB4 with a chance, he's got a path, barring injury, to be a top 12 to 15 running back and already has a role as is without injury. Is A.J. Dillon in the 10th? more beneficial to you and your team than Mooney will as your wide receiver 5.
0: That is a great question. I think AJ Dillon here would also be appropriate. I mean given you have 4,
1: right. could it be safer? Could could you cover you know, heads yourself a little bit,
0: you know, looking here with
1: a running back, or is it the bear in you that's saying, I don't want anything to do. I'll with?" I'll be the bears.
0: honest. It, a little bit was that I'm a bears fan. Um, he <laughs> saw GB I'm and like, thought, hell no. Um, but looking, looking at the other, <laughs> they looking suck. at the other wide receivers, you know, with Darnell Mooney, you're going upside. There's a little bit less upside with other guys that I would consider in the next round. You know, um, you're talking in the 11th, 12th round, maybe a Paris Campbell, maybe a T.Y. Hilton you know guys that could conceivably be the number one targets i think is Pittman still on the board i think Pittman might uh still be available he is Pittman is there you've still got guys
1: like mooney that are going to be sure henry ruggs hardman i think you've got a you couple know, options of guys marvin jones being- in that tier sure. of mooney yeah. The fall off from A.J. Dillon to you know,
0: uh, Gus Edwards. the running backs.
1: Let's just say this was an 11 or 12 sure. round and you're waiting on running back to come back. Those guys are going to be Naeem Hines, Gus Edwards, Pollard, Todd Gurley, Gainwell. These are guys that, that are going to have smaller roles than A.J. Dillon.
0: Sure. I, I don't necessarily like drafting with hopes of, again, being uh, you know, the guy ahead of them being injured. But I don't necessarily think that, like you said, he's got that's a role not necessarily already. what we're doing here. You've got A.J. Dillon. He has a role. He's going to have that Jamal Williams, maybe Jamal Williams plus role. Um, and what he, did we
1: see? We already saw last year there were two games where something happened to Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams, I remember it very clearly as a Jones owner, was in easily inside of people's top 10 or 12 for those two sure. weeks.
0: Then you know what? With that logic in place, and I think I would go A.J. Dillon here in the 10th because Darnell Mooney, yes, as a, I would like him as a bear. But again, that was the homer in me, something I, I, I'm not proud of always coming out because you look at it, something he I still want- still be there coming back, sure. sure. But something else I want, to, I want people to look at this late in the draft, I just mentioned three names. I just mentioned T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman. An entire team's receiving core is still on the board. And which means one of those guys is going to get wide receiver one targets. Not necessarily right. wide receiver one in fantasy, but someone there is going to get target like a number one wide receiver on a team. And they're, they're not unvaluable targets. It's on a, on, on a Colts offense with a great offensive line and a possibly uh, revamped, revitalized Carson Wentz throwing the ball. These are not guys that you'd necessarily have to write off. So A.J. Dillon here. No doubt. And then if I don't get Darnell Mooney next round, so be it. One of these guys could fall. And you know what? Pick one of them. You're, you could be wrong on whoever you pick, but you know what? You could be right. And that's, that's what you look for in these late you know, double-digit rounds. You're just looking for upside. So A.J. Dillon here in the 10th, for me, makes sense. I've already got wide receivers plus that wide receiver at tight end advantage I took in the first round. A.J. Dillon is the pick. Thank you for talking me into it. Travis. That's what I'm here for. And Pittman goes right after I said that. They were listening.
1: <laughs> we'll see, uh, if we had 11 or 12 rounds, it would be really interesting to see if Mooney did make it back. But I think you made a good point. Mooney, there's a tier of guys. He's in that group where they are potentially the two um, on their team. With You've already got David Montgomery. That's a, it could be a little bit Bears heavy if you're going to go Mooney as your wide receiver five. Over a fourth running back. What that does is allow you to play... Mostert hasn't necessarily been uh, injury-free. It's a good way to put it. If he were to get banged up, let's just say something were to finally happen injury-wise negatively to Raheem Mostert. A.J. Dillon becomes a very, very important RB3 on your team. Um, And I think... That being said, it is the 10th round and the tight end that I love so, so much. Tyler Higby. We just covered him. Welcome to the team that completes the Rams stack of Stafford, Higby, and Cooper Cup. I love all three this year. It gives me balance with two, three, four, five running backs. And I do only have three receivers. It just seemed really hard for me for one of those later receivers like a Brandon Cooks or Chennault or Fuller. It was tough for me to ever see them starting, regardless of matchup, over Ridley, Cup, and Robbie Anderson. How about your
0: flex, though? You don't necessarily have to see them as your, as your, your wide receiver. but That's true. That's um, true. Got, you, they would be starting I, over Ronald Jones, Damian Harris, maybe Gaskin you know, on weeks. So do you see a guy like Will Fuller, given the matchup, because with wide receivers, you are looking at the matchups for, more or less for the most part. Like one of those guys, Will Fuller, let's say, you know, could be the one on his team. Do you, do you see him having opportunities to start on your roster over Gaskin, Jones, maybe Robbie Anderson or Damian Yeah,
1: Harris? I think that's a good point. Potentially a guy like Fuller could, or Mike Williams, those guys could explode like we're hoping they do. And I would want them as a flex over a Ronald Jones or Damian Harris or Gaskin. Um, it just goes to having all three of those guys with Gaskin, Jones, and Harris as my three, four, five. I have the freedom to look around the league every week and almost hand pick from the teams that don't have running back. Like let's look at Team Twelve. The only two running backs on their roster are Chase Edmonds and Fournette they are going to be forced to move an Allen Robinson or Lockett for a, rec- for a running back.
0: Yeah, you would almost, if something happens to one of those running backs, or if they just don't produce, you, they've kind of coffin-cornered themselves into, right. into having to make a move at some point, because like we said earlier, you're not going to be able to start all those wide receivers. You've, you, you don't want to paint yourself into a corner. So Yeah, I mean, there's a
1: few teams that did that. Team 11 was the same way. James Robinson, Singletary, and Aaron Jones are the only three running backs. Team 10, Eckler, Carson, and Kenyon Drake, it gets really thin. When Kenyon Drake or Devin Singletary are your RB3, Right. my phone is going to be ringing off the hook saying, who do you want? I need Ronald Jones. I need Gaskin. I need Harris. So it gives me a lot of leverage over what a... Tyler Boyd, Chenault, Fuller, Brandon Cooks. Those guys aren't giving you leverage. What I did is going to give me leverage. I, I'm very happy with how it played out. And if I do end up losing a receiver to injury, I have plenty of running backs to move to get somebody of equal value.
0: Absolutely, man. It again at the end of the day, you got to like your team, but don't don't draft in a way that that puts you at a disadvantage. Overly, uh, you don't want to overextend yourself and put it in put it in a, a way that you lose all the leverage in a trade. Um, so with that being said, Travis, why don't you go ahead and give us a rundown of your team? I'll do mine as well. Who, you know, what does your roster look like? And then we'll go ahead and uh, we'll get out of here. All
1: right. So rather than go by position, I'm just going to go through my starters. I'm going to go with round sure. round. by Stafford round. at the top. We've got Zeke and Clyde Edwards-Alaire as my two running backs. We start three receivers in this mock. Those are going to be Calvin Ridley, Cooper Cub, and Robbie Anderson. Very, very happy so far. The kind of a wild card for me, who I believe in, and time will tell if I'm right or wrong, is Tyler Higbee. He's one of those guys that I believe will be a top 10 tight end. Time will tell. I could be way wrong, or I could be a genius on that. My flex, I've got unlimited possibility between Gaskin, Ronald Jones, Damian Harris, that's almost a matchup base. I see those three guys as the same tier. I don't know why Damian Harris is going three rounds later than Gaskin, but I think all three of those guys give me flexibility to start matchup based. Um, and that's going to round out my 10 rounds. Very happy with the team really wish this was a real team, but I'll pass it back to you and see, uh, run down your team and then we'll wrap this up.
0: For sure. At quarterback, I've got Dak Prescott, my running backs, David Montgomery and Mike Davis. My wide receivers, got Stephon Diggs and Chris Godwin, followed by Mike Williams. My tight end, I'm very happy with Travis Kelsey. Gives me that huge advantage. My flex, a lot of boom in my flex options. I've got Raheem Mostert on the bench. I've still got Antonio Brown, A.J. Dillon. I'm happy with that team. Like I said, balance is the key here. Uh, those flexible options I took early in the draft, getting Dak in the fifth and Travis Kelsey in the first difference. I could makers. really focus on hammering wide receiver running back while also getting that, that positional differential. I love it. That would be a fun league to participate in. I hope that this show <laughs> was helpful. I, I, I really do. Um, we'll be doing more mocks as we get close. I think these are fun listens for the people listening, get out there, do mocks with strangers, do mocks with friends, get the process down, you know, go into your draft comfortable, prepared, collected, so that way you don't tilt, you don't panic, and then when a the guy flies off the board, you know exactly who's waiting right behind him. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Losing Sucks. I've been Dustin, that's Travis, thanks for listening in, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Losing Sucks.